Hey, it's so good to be here. So really, really good to be here. I look forward to this. Um, as often as Pastor Scott and the team reach out, um, it's a yes. It's just a matter of coordinating schedules. But um, truly wanted to honor you um, just right now in this moment and just say thank you. Really genuine, uh, a big thank you. You guys have had a, a pivotal part in our story throughout the years. Your partnership, uh, it's meant more than dollars and cents. It, it truly is, um, you know, life-giving to us. Uh, because of your giving, because of your generosity, because of your open doors, um, you know, your prayers, your support. Uh, it's more than just wind in our sails. I mean it. It, it truly is um, life transformational. You know, your, your guys' support helps us um, in, in so many ways. So with that, I just want to bless you and uh, thank you. I know uh, Pastor Scott is, is taking a, a siesta somewhere as we speak. Um, and God bless him for that, right? I hope the sleep is just deep and sound and wonderful, and I hope he doesn't feel any condemnation for skipping church today. Um, I'm just kidding. I don't know if he'll ever watch this or not, but uh, uh, if you do, Scott, I love you. I appreciate you. We miss you, but we're grateful that you're able to unplug, right, because it's so important for the health of, of ministry. I took a sabbatical uh, a handful of years ago. It's been five years ago now. I, I barely remember, um, but it was very... It was very, it taught me a lot, honestly, about myself, about God, about, you know, the, the, the role that I play, and, and um, we cannot burn uh, for so long without stopping uh, intentionally and refreshing. So uh, grateful to have our team lead us today uh, in worship. That's been a, a, a goal. And how many of y'all appreciated a, a, the cup of coffee this morning? Did, did you all get a cup? Have you? Okay. Did it taste different than normal? It's good? Okay, I have a couple goods. Uh, I know sometimes when we switch it up on you, you don't know what to do with that. But um, yeah, I'll share a lot more about um, the coffee here in just a little bit. So um, did Matt leave? Pastor Matt, did he leave? Checking on some stuff? Oh, now he comes in. Okay, so the question is, who likes coffee more, Pastor Matt or Pastor Josh? Really? Like, it's like that? Okay, okay. So, you drink tea? <laughs> so, it's a no-brainer. Okay, all right. I just wanted to get that out of the way real quick um, because we got something coming your way here in a second. But um, I'm just excited to be able to share uh, some updates of what God has done in the ministry. How many of y'all are grateful to see God's faithfulness? right? We see it in so many different ways. And to be honest, often it's so important to be grateful and to, to incorporate times of gratitude in your day-to-day -day life, in your schedule. Because as we go through life, it's so easy to, to go a season, a week, a month, without really stopping and pausing and giving God uh, the glory and giving God thanks uh, for his faithfulness in our lives. Like there's so many things that not intentionally, it's not that we're spoiled, whatever, blah, blah, although sometimes we are, you know, but at times it's really easy to go and not stop and pause and praise God for his faithfulness. Almost take some of that for granted. And uh, if we could ever remember back to that time where we felt hopeless or destitute, if we could ever remember back to a time where we felt helpless over a situation or where we were really in need or where we were really struggling through something or whatever, and then we saw the hand of God intervene, right? We saw his faithfulness. We saw him show up in a way, um, you know, praise erupts. And, and so yeah, I, I'm just grateful because as I pause and you guys don't understand this is, is in the way that I'm about to say this, but we go to different churches often, right? We travel around to different churches. And so a lot of times I use my last visit to the specific church as a gauge in a sense of what he has done until the next time I come back to that church. And when I look at what he has done in the, the year and a half or so that we have been here, I, I, I don't quote me exactly, but I want to say it was like February of last year, okay, so we're talking about a year and a half-ish, a little under, um, what he has done in that time, I, it's amazing, it truly is amazing, um, and so I, I just want to thank God for that, invite you all to be grateful in your own lives for how you see him show up in your families and at your jobs and your ministry assignments, and 
um, we too have a lot to be grateful for. And I want to share some of the things that um, we're grateful for specifically at Adult and Teen Challenge as we've truly seen the Lord carry us uh, over this last season of, you know, getting us through the COVID stuff and all that, which, you know, again, it's, uh, it, it was something, you know, whatever it was, it was something that we all had to navigate through. And, um, but, uh, but God has, you know, God wasn't rattled by COVID, right? Like he wasn't, he didn't have to take a, a, a step back, take a seat somewhere. Um, some of us might have done that, but he didn't, right? And uh, honestly, and, and the way that, you know, he, he continued to inspire vision. He continued to give uh, hope and, and call forth uh, ministry and direction and leadership. Um, it's been, it was pretty amazing. As a matter of fact, many pastors and ministry leaders were, were able to hear the Lord a little clearer in that time of, of pause and reflection. And so, again, I'm, I'm talking to us here this morning a lot based on what he has done over the last year and a half. And, and in that time, you know, the Lord gave us uh, a lot of different specific vision, um, course direction, uh, things where areas where we were to pause in, areas where we were to move forward in, areas where we were to, to, to really invest a lot of uh, prayer and intercession um, in specific things. And one of those things I want to share with you guys is a new um, outreach ministry that God granted us, uh, gave us really the, the vision for. Um, at the beginning of last year, uh, I've really felt the Lord say, you are to really invest heavily in your region, in your community. Um, for the longest time, Adult and Teen Challenge, there's over 250 in the country, right? There's adult male centers, adult women's centers, adolescent girls, adolescent boys centers. And primarily the model looks a little bit like this, where we have this organization, we have this ministry that's been birthed, you know, 64 years ago, and it's grown to over almost 1,500 in the world, whatever. Um, but in our community, we kind of sit back and wait for people to call us. You know, when somebody has a need, um, you know, we, we get out in the community as often as we can and we promote the ministry at churches and communities, schools, different things. But, um, but our, our game plan is more to wait for the phones to ring and then we'll kind of go into mode of trying to help somebody get in the, in the ministry. And I felt like the Lord at the beginning of last year said, this is the season where you're going to go into the community more than ever. And so Dave Wilkerson, the founder of Adult and Teen Challenge, his vision was, was really a, a one of discipleship and evangelism. Discipleship and evangelism. We, uh, we obviously are known as a discipleship ministry, the men that come through our doors. You know, we don't just have addiction classes. Um, as a matter of fact... <laughs> We don't really have addiction classes. I mean, we do, but they're more in the light of the word and the scripture. And uh, we, we hit on areas and specific topics. But, but more than that, you know, it's a place of discipleship. So that's one area where we can say we're pretty strong in the, the, the discipleship. They have contracts they have to do. There's verses they have to memorize. There's, uh, you know, 14 books that they go through in the group studies format. There's a lot of stuff in the discipleship. But what about the evangelism? And so, um, you know, I'm grateful that we have team members as in Josh. And as in Matt Slaybaugh, who aren't just staff members of Adult and Teen Challenge, they're more than that. God has given them the evangelistic heart. They would be evangelists and missionaries, and they have the heart to go reach the lost. And uh, so with that, it was kind of a no-brainer, but the Lord at the beginning of last year said, I want you to go into your community. Uh, just so happened that the Adult and Teen Challenge uh, National Office rolled out a program at the beginning of last year that I didn't know about in conjunction with this called Ready Now Recovery. And so what Ready Now Recovery is, it's a ministry, it's an outreach, um, it's a non-residential version of Adult and Teen Challenge. And so Ready Now Recovery, there's a couple numbers that, that are significant about it, and it's that 90-40 so 90% of individuals will not or cannot enter a residential program. So here's the deal. Look at every man here, and there's a significant amount of men here. For every single one that you see, there's nine of them that need us. Every single one, there's nine that need. But for whatever reason, don't feel like they can come in at that very moment. And 40% of those 90 say the number one barrier to treatment is that they are not ready. I always joke around. I say, when's the best day to go to adult and teen challenge? Tomorrow. <laughs> Why not today? Well, oh, 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 yeah, 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 man. I'm just not ready. How many of y'all came the very day you were ready to come? If you raise your hand, I'm going to talk to you afterwards. 
No, right? It's a known thing. It's, I've got this addiction. I've got this horrible thing. Uh, I, I just, and yet, you know, I remember a point, guys, I'm, and this is personal life experience here. I was homeless on the streets of Dallas-Fort Worth for a season, in and out of jails. I was addicted. I was messed up. I would, in many ways, consider myself hopeless in that moment. I had a DUI that had took my driver's license. I had lost my job. Again, no home, no money. I owed everybody in the world, including the drug dealers, plural, people looking for me, and yet my family comes, this is epic story, they find me, and they're like, you can go to Adult and Teen Challenge, and I'm like, what? Whoa. They're like, yeah, it's this residential place, they'll love you, they'll teach you, they'll train you, I'm like, whoa, whoa, okay, how long is it? They're like a year and a half, whoa, no way, no way, what do you mean? Yeah, no, 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 I'll, I'll do 30 days, you know, like, what was I doing in that moment? And really, the fear of commitment, the fear of signing on that dotted line, the fear of submitting myself to someone else's leadership was, was huge. And my life at that point was in alignment completely with my own will, with, which was the, the enemy's will. My life was a mess. It was a wreck. It was a train wreck. And yet, this fear of turning, right, this fear of surrendering, of giving my heart to this God who loves me, Man, if I just would have known his love sooner, I would have done it so much sooner. So there's a whole community uh, right within arm's reach of all of us here. There's tons of people represented in our communities, in our families even, in our neighborhoods, our schools, our job, our workplaces that are in desperate need of a residential facility, but they don't realize it yet or they will say, I just can't do it. And so the awesome thing about Ready Now is that we're going to occupy storefronts. We actually have two locations already identified, one in, in Bremen, one here in Elkhart. And uh, we've begun training. Last I heard, we had 13 facilitators. Is it, is it still 13? 13 uh, uh, people that are being raised up right now. And so we're calling on you, Pathway. If you feel like God has given you uh, something, he's given you a mandate, he's given you a heart to care for those that are needing your help, um, then reach out to us. Reach out to either Josh or to Matt afterwards. Uh, we'll have a table back there. We'll have some information. Grab some. Um, if God might lead you to become a trained facilitator, we need men and women. Okay, I know we're specifically a men's center here, but how many of y'all know our non-residential, we're going to need men and women. Who, who, you don't need to be professionals in any counseling, anything. You just need to love Jesus and love people and care. And that's the beautiful part. We're going to have classes. They're going to be smaller settings. And um, we'll take people through breaking free classes, which is addiction specific. But then we can open up and do a whole bunch of other classes. We can do relationship classes. We can do, um, you know, one of the classes I want to do, and, and it's down the road a little ways, but I want to, I really want to um, empower our families of addicts. And so, so many grandparents have opened up their homes to children or, you know, mom and dads uh, really don't know how to walk through it. And it's, it, there's shame represented, there's, you know, fear, there's pride, there's all this stuff going on in that dynamic. They really don't know how to navigate through that. And so we want to just come along and assist them and just say, this is what it looks like to raise that rock bottom for your loved ones. This is what it looks like, right? So um, keep Ready Now Recovery in your prayers. You know, like I said, Bremen, way on that side, even a different county. You know, we have Elkhart. Um, but even that's, you know, 20-some minutes away. How many of y'all believe Middlebury could use something, right? And so it doesn't have to be a church. Um, if Pathway wanted to do something, awesome, we'd talk later. Um, but honestly, if you have a storefront or if you have a little place, you have a garage somewhere, you have something. Sometimes uh, it's even helpful to not have, you know, the 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 church, in a sense, as the meeting place, because there's so many stigmas and barriers, you know, related to the church. A lot of people won't walk into a church, but they will walk into a coffee shop, amen? And so, right now, both the uh, facilities that we're looking at right now aren't your uh, traditional church building, and again, nothing wrong with the church building, we'll, we'll do it, um, but just, again, ready now is, uh, is massive, and so we're excited that the Lord has birthed that. So that's uh, one way we've seen his faithfulness to continue to inspire those that are willing to be sent into the mission field and do something about it. Um, the other area I want to highlight briefly is our Stay Sharp. Our Stay Sharp is our, uh, what we'll call our drug prevention program. And uh, one of the blessings of post-COVID, <laughs> I'll just say post-COVID. Can I just say it? Can we just say it? Post-COVID, like it's in the past. Amen. All right, post yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Come on. <laughs> Post-COVID, like that thing from a long time ago. 
Um, uh, I don't care what your news outlet says. Um, especially those news outlets. But anyways, we won't go to there. We won't go there. Um, uh, at the, yeah, anyways, uh, post-COVID, I'm all thrown off now. Uh, the schools have begun to open up again. Churches, obviously, you know, youth groups, all that. So our delight is to take a team of men into a high school, middle school. Northridge is like Fort Knox. Like, apparently, you don't get in there. Um, and yet, how many of y'all know Jesus wants to go in there? Do you believe that? So let's pray. Let's intercede. As a matter of fact, I felt... I felt the Lord prompt me to do this yesterday, and I was like, God, I'm not going to, I don't know that we're going to do that, um, and so I feel like we need to. Um, I know, so can we just take a second real quick, can you all pray, uh, not just listen to me pray, but could you all pray that God would open a door, um, that, that Stay Sharp program could enter into Northridge eventually? Um, as well as Elkhart schools, as well as we've been into Concord, we've been into Northridge, we've been into other schools in our area. Um, but for some reason, there's a couple schools that are just, for some reason, very, very difficult. Could we just pray that God would break those barriers down right now? Amen. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, that you love these children. You love this generation. God, they're under such attack from the enemy. Lord, they need to know that there is hope. And so, Jesus, right now, in agreement with all my brothers and sisters here in this room, I'm just asking, Lord, that you would open doors that right now seem to be shut. God, that you would begin to move in administrators, in teachers. Um, God, just like you have in, in, in uh, South Bend and like you have in other places where specific teachers rose up and said, we need this, God. Father, I don't mind traveling all over the, the, the state and even the country, Lord, to present this program. But God, I want to reach the people in my backyard. We want to reach those people that are here. And so, Father, we thank you for the heart of this community, the believers in this community, God. And I ask again that you would move in a mighty way in Jesus' name. Amen. So we go in with a presentation that's obviously very school-friendly. And what I mean by that is it's not very Jesus-heavy, but, but Jesus does go into the school. And he really, uh, we don't necessarily, it's not un unlike, you know, former versions of like the D.A.R.E. program or things like that. Um, you know, it, our, our goal isn't necessarily to inspire fear in the students and say, these are drugs and they're bad and don't ever do them. Because what, what they learned through a lot of that presentation was that it actually backfired. Actually, the reverse happened. And as a matter of fact, I remember having a student of ours uh, years ago saying, man, I remember a, a school, a police officer coming in one time at a school assembly and showing us all a bag of real drugs and saying, these are drugs and these are bad and don't ever touch them. And he said, and I just remember seeing him thinking, I can't wait to get my hands on that. And as the story turned out, he obviously did and, and uh, it cost him greatly to the tune of a marriage and, and family and all sorts of stuff. And so we don't necessarily want to inspire fear. We more want to uh, under, uh, let the children know that they have worth, that they have value, um, that they're created in the image of, of a maker who loves them and who has a purpose for their lives. So, um, again, stay sharp. I know Matt and the team uh, are doing a great job in going into these schools and uh, something that we're excited about. The other one is uh, uh, 2018, we opened up Jasper County Recovery House. It's an induction center for us um, at the Elkhart campus. And um, the good news is, I, I've shared this from this stage, but um, Allen County, Fort Wayne, uh, has also been uh, a real desire of the Lord's heart. And he's put it on us to, uh, to move into that community. And so we have faithfully been going in. And Joey and Emily Server are back here. Um, who have a mission, they're on staff with us right now, but God has called them to Fort Wayne, and um, it's just been really awesome as their mission field with Teen Challenge. And so uh, November of this last year, so about a year or half a year ago, or a little bit more than that now, nine months, whatever, um, the Lord allowed us to purchase a building in the city of Fort Wayne. And so I know, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's uh, 18,000 square feet. 18,000 square feet, three levels, 6,000 on each. The top uh, floor is uh, apartment buildings. The middle floor is a big conference room, offices, a big huge meeting room, uh, commercial, well, kitchen that we will turn into a commercial kitchen. And um, in an apartment, there's just everything is perfect on that middle floor. And then the bottom floor has all the space we need for our work department and for storage and for trainings and different things. So like the building, it's, it's 71 years old. It's Amish Mennonite built. So how many of y'all know that's like, 
It's not going anywhere. It is, it is the bunker of all bunkers if there was ever a natural disaster, I'm telling you. Um, but yeah, we're so blessed by that. Uh, we've been making connections throughout the city. And um, uh, Matt, Matt will be jealous, but uh, Joey and I got to go meet with the owners of Sweetwater the other day and uh, hung out in their office, yes, and uh, just said, hey, listen, you know, would you be inclined uh, to donate to this project? And so they're investing a lot of finances into faith-based ministries in the south uh, quadrant of the city, which is where we bought the building. So pray for, uh, pray for the owners of Sweetwater that God would uh, touch their heart and that they would want to give generously to this because we're looking to raise about 1.8 million for the renovation. So it's a number, but it's just a number. It's just a number. I'm waiting for Josh Miller to actually write the check. So um, Vicki? Give him a good elbow right now. Yeah. I know you handle the finances. I know how your home works. I'm just kidding. Good to see you guys, by the way. Love you. Amen. We heckle each other a lot by text, so whenever I can profess my love for you, brother, I, I want to. Yes, because you are a good brother. Hey, so Fort Wayne is happening. Please keep that in your prayers. And the last thing before we go into some testimonies, because I know you guys want to hear some testimonies. The last thing, uh, very important, is that um, this church, I've been waiting for this moment for a long time because you guys uh, did something really awesome. And I know, uh, you know, as Josh professed earlier, um, you guys are a church that love God. And, and I believe that with all my heart. Um, it really manifested itself in your missions uh, giving back in Christmas of 2020, as a matter of fact. That's when it happened, right? This church took an offering and you divided it two or three ways. I'm not exactly sure. I can't remember. Um, but I know we were one of the, one of, one of the beneficiaries of, of that gift. And um, really amazing how God did this. But um, for a while, uh, God actually, you know, how many of y'all know, like, God works at so many different levels, right? Like, he's working on all these different levels in our life. And, and as we step out in obedience and in faithfulness, like, we see him put the big picture together, we don't always know why there's one piece over here and one piece over here, and, and God's asking us to do this, and it doesn't maybe always make sense with everything else going on, but we know it's him, so we step out and we do it, and then all of a sudden, he begins to weave this picture together that only he could. And this is one of those moments, and I'll, I'll backtrack, give you a little backstory. Um, I'd received an email from my brother-in-law down in Texas saying, hey, you'll never believe this, I ran into this lady, um, she came into my, uh, into my church and I met her. Her name is Juliana Johnson and Juliana is a Liberian national. Her husband was a diplomat and he was actually the first African to graduate from Dallas Theological Seminary back in the 80s. An incredible couple. And uh, Nathaniel Johnson was his name. He had passed away. Um, but before he had passed away, him and his wife had petitioned the Liberian government for acreage in their country in, in West Africa to be able to, um, on that property, build ministries that would help rebuild the war-torn country of Liberia. So they'd had a 15-year civil war in Liberia. And in that 15-year civil war, um, literally, it got to the point these two ri rival uh, clans were fighting against each other so bad, they got so desperate, they started putting AK-47s, automatic rifles, in, the, in children's hands. 9, 10, 11 years old. They were given weapons and, and showing them how to use them. And so these kids went and fought. I mean, when you think about, you know, your son and my, and my kids, right, fighting in, in the, the atrocities that they had to see in the name of this hateful war. So what happened is uh, for 15 years, the Civil War raged in that country of, of only about 5 million people. So many were displaced into other countries as refugees and Ivory Coast and Sierra Leone and different places took them in for a while. But as they begin to return to their country and help rebuild their country, so many of them had what we call post-traumatic stress disorder. PTSD, right? We, we nickname it now. The, the things that these children saw, and as they've grown up now in their 30s and 40s, um, there isn't enough alcohol and drugs to numb that. The country is just inundated with an addiction issue. And so they had started a teen challenge in that country some years back. Um, good news, and they, they were the most successful uh, country. They At one point, they had over 100 students, both male and female, going through two different houses in that country. And then financial issues came, and they had to shut the doors 
and send all the students back to the streets. Now, rumor has it, I don't, I, this hasn't been confirmed on my part, that it was somewhere around $500 that was the difference between them staying open and not a month. Guys, $500. And so, um, because Nathaniel had passed away, Juliana met with my brother-in-law and said, we got to do something. And my brother-in-law, obviously knowing Team Challenge full well, he was the one who dropped me off at the doorstep of Team Challenge in 2008 and witnessed God transform my life. And he said, have you heard of Team Challenge? She said, no. And so this connection was made, and we reached out to Liberia through Global Team Challenge and got connected with a man named Sid Whale Wilson. And Sid was the former director, and he had been praying that God would rebirth this center. And so uh, Matt Slaybaugh and I, who uh, is over here, he's on staff, um, him and I got the opportunity to go to Liberia in February of last year and see and meet the people and see the need. We went into some of the ghettos and we saw the need there. And we came back with this conviction that, God, we got to do something. And right at that time, right, this is February of 2021, right after that, you know, Pastor Scott said, good news, guys, here's the, the, the check for that pathway raised for Team Challenge. And Pastor Scott, you know him, he's an amazing man. He's got a mind, he thinks, he, he just said, you know, I'd love it if this check actually did something. You know, this is so funny, you'll laugh. He said, what are your needs right now for the ministry? And I'm not kidding, I needed a sidewalk on our property. And I was like, you know, you could help us build a sidewalk all the way around here and to see that man's face just go, <laughs> you know, like, and I said, yeah, I take it. You don't want to take your money and put it in the ground. Okay, all right. Let me keep thinking here. Let me keep thinking. No, but um, right at that time, we came back from Africa going, man, this is something that, you know, honestly, we could honor this gift from this house and multiply it, not just in a financial sense, but in soul winning. And so right at that time, for the last couple of years, my wife could attest to this, I'd have this desire to start a coffee roasting operation I wanted to and yet just didn't know how to connect all the dots so all of a sudden we had this little influx of money and for a long time I'd also wanted to hire Arlette who is the only female singer up here Josh's wife and but yet she was a manager of a coffee shop and she was born in the coffee belt and loves coffee is passionate about coffee and so at the same there's like this whole story that God is developing here and in Right, all of this converged with Arlette wanting to, uh, and Josh wanting to really move in the area of, of fostering a child and bringing them into their home, which means her hours were going to have to change. She needed something very flexible. And I said, man, this is perfect. We're going to take this gift from Pathway. We're going to hire Arlette. We're going to buy a roaster. We're going to start doing this dream so that we can support not only the efforts here in Elkhart, but also be able to send money away um, to Liberia to help that center get established. And so you guys did this. You guys helped us. The Lord gave the vision, but you guys did this. So please, could we please thank God in this moment? Amen. This is our latest newsletter that my wife so wonderfully does, and you'll see the foundation being poured for the brand new Teen Challenge. The government of Liberia ended up giving 249 acres to the Johnsons, who then said, you guys can have as much land as you want to build a Teen Challenge in Liberia. So we're building them. We're helping build them a home. So we started what we call Split the Bean. Split the Bean campaign is right on the side of every bag. You'll see it right here. And uh, that means half of the pro proceeds from every bag goes to the Elkhart campus to help us continue to be established. The other half, we love to send to Liberia, West Africa. To date, guys, we started, we actually sold our first bag. I know, you just can't contain it. <laughs> I love clapping. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we started, we sold our first bag in October of last year, so we're, we really haven't been going that long. Uh, but to date, we've been able to send over $10,000 to Liberia. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So please, um, the coffee that you drank this morning, if you liked it, you uh, and, and you, 
you two need to go buy a bag. And if everyone else, could you just fake it for me, please? And, uh, you know, no, I'm kidding. It's amazing coffee. But we're going to present uh, Pastor Josh because he is the coffee lover with our Ethiopia, our Yerga Chef blend. Amen, brother. So God bless you. This one's on the house. Um, you can swipe your card later on the way. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But please, we brought how many pounds here? 30-some pounds to sell. We don't want to take it back. So if you guys want to make an investment back in your original investment, how about that, huh? Double investment. I love it. Um, go back, see, see our team afterwards. We have a little table out here. Grab some information about the project and uh, pray for us. We have t-shirts for sale. We have mugs you can, you can buy. We have coffee, obviously. Um, you know, we'd love to talk about f- uh, future partnership in your coffee and all that stuff because we just love what God is doing. So amen. Uh, Enough about that. It is organic, fair trade. That is very important. Organic, fair trade. I feel like it's a really important detail. It is an important detail. And, um, and so, it is not the cheapest coffee because it's the best. And I can confidently say that. It is the best. Okay? So, with that being said, stop by and get a bag. We also have other items there. We have our brochure, obviously, our Fort Wayne story that you guys can get. We have a little condensed copy of the cross and the switchblade. We even have some pens for you. So no matter what, go back, visit our table. If you want to buy a bag of coffee, you'll support a great cause. If not, we'll love you anyways. And um, it's just how it works. But may God bless you. Um, how many of y'all want to hear some testimonies? Amen. <laughs> Gentlemen. As these guys are coming up, I do want to share, uh, we do this every time, but we give a little bit of a disclaimer, um, just because, you know, this is, this is reality is, and so uh, there are parts of these stories that are pretty challenging, pretty difficult, um, you know, it's hard to pretty up all the stuff that's related to addiction for a Sunday morning, and so these will be some real conversation starters if there's young children in the room. Um, you'll, at the end, we'll, we'll all be very grateful to the Lord for what he does. But um, without any further ado, reality is. What is reality? Reality is being born with an umbilical cord wrapped around your neck, leaving your first near-death encounter with the devil at birth. Reality is growing up being brainwashed. It's getting abused mentally, physically, and emotionally until you are so fed up, you begin to make plans to murder your own father. Reality is diving headfirst in any type of drug that will make you feel better. But you end up in a cell, talking to a demon, trying to convince you to kill yourself. Reality is getting involved with women that practice witchcraft, leaving you filled with a life of sexual immorality and darkness. Reality is overdosing on heroin. It's injecting so much meth into your system you go into cardiac arrest, causing temporary blindness, which leaves you filled with a life of near-death experiences. How do I know that's reality? Because that was me. Reality is finding yourself working as a male stripper at the age of 20, and then watching yourself quickly turn into a man you swore you'd never be. Reality is overdosing multiple times, being hospitalized, and on one occasion, accidentally dropping the rest of your drugs down a drain, which ends up being God's way of saving your life once again. Reality is experimenting with new age shamanism and spirituality to the point where you encounter real demons on multiple occasions. And the last time you did, one got into your three-year-old niece. Reality is being so desperate for love and acceptance after finding out that all your friends are fake, that you begin to agree and participate in a relationship with another man, when you've never been gay a day in your life. Reality is being completely hopeless and ready to give up on your Christian walk after only just starting, because the devil has you convinced that you'll never be free from all the sin that has you in bondage. How do I know that's reality? Because that was me. Reality is growing up in a home broken by divorce, leaving you with a void you can never seem to fill, so you start experimenting with drugs and alcohol in the eighth grade. It's getting addicted to opiates by your sophomore year of high school and letting it overtake you to the point of becoming a heroin addict that destroys every relationship with anyone who cares about you. It's totaling your car after passing out the wheel high on heroin and drifting into the oncoming traffic lane where you have a head-on collision with a semi. <clears throat> it's waking up in an ambulance, surrounded by paramedics, and not even knowing who you are or what happened after an overdose, and coughing up blood for a month from cracked ribs and severe bruising to your lungs caused by all the CPR used to bring you back to life. 
It's going from having the world in your hands to laying on the streets of San Diego, 2,000 miles away from home, with only the clothes on your back and the underside of a bridge as a roof over your head. How do I know that's reality? Because that was me. Even though we've all had different realities, we've all been changed by the same truth. And truth is, my papa Stan prayed that God would straighten out that cord, and he did, leaving doctors speechless witnessing a miracle. Truth is, the night I planned on taking my father's life, God spoke to me, and he wants to use the abuse that happened to me for his glory, making me a strong warrior of Christ. And I get to see a true change in my father. Truth is, I can drop down to my knees at any time and cry out to God, and he'll hear my prayers and answer them, which is what I did when I was in that cell. And when I read the word of God, that demon trembled, leaving me victorious. Truth is, God chased me into the darkness. He picked me up off my feet and led me into his light. And since being at Teen Challenge, God broke the bondage I was under with all the women that I've been with. And truth is, God sunk way deeper than my addiction. I felt his grace and his mercies. But above all, I felt the love of God. From Saul to Paul, I was once blind, but now I see. And on January 29th of 2021, I truly dedicated my life to Christ and got baptized in water and covered in a Holy Ghost fire. The verse I stand on is Romans 8, 38 and 39, where Paul writes, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor present, nor time to come, or anything in all of God's creation can stop me from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. I stand on this verse because I've tried everything that feels good to a man, and nothing compares or comes close to the love of God. Nothing can stop God from loving you. Truth is, I turned to stripping because I was in search of fulfillment, but I was actively rejecting God and chasing the fleeting, empty pleasures of this world. Truth is, God was chasing me down for years, saving me from myself and slowly bringing me to my knees so I'd finally surrender and give my life to my creator and the lover of my soul. The truth is, our Savior Jesus disarmed and triumphed over all principalities and powers, and he made a public spectacle of them. So at his name, that demon left my niece. Truth is, the other man is just as lost and hurt as I was. I pray Jesus calls him out of that life one day like he did me. And truth is, Adult and Teen Challenge has been an answer to so many of my prayers. And since God brought me here, he's shown me victory in areas I never thought possible. And on July 16th of 2021, he gave me a new name, Rasha, which in Hebrew means the one who changed his path. The verse that I live by is Luke 23, 34. It says, is when Jesus was hanging on the cross and cried out, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. In that moment, I believe Jesus truly expressed his great compassion and love for us. And it's also the ultimate example of the love that we should have for each other. Truth is, on October 5th, 2021, I rededicated my life to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and he has begun to restore my life in every way. Truth is, I no longer use drugs and alcohol to fill a void in my life, because that void has been filled by the love, peace, and joy that comes with knowing Christ. Truth is, I miraculously walked away from that collision with no injuries, which I know is only possible through the grace and mercy of God, and it opened my eyes to my desperate need to walk in his will for my life. Truth is, God has begun to restore all the relationships I ruined in my addiction, and my family now enjoys my presence, and I am able to be a light for his kingdom. Truth is, it wasn't the CPR that brought me back to life, but God breathing his breath in me, and I now know that I have a calling and purpose to fulfill for his kingdom. A verse I stand on is Philippians 3.13, which says, Brothers, I do not claim to have all of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and striving toward what lies ahead. I stand in this verse because God has freed me from all my chains of addiction, and my past no longer matters, but only what lies ahead with him as the Lord of my life. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the, the truth, truth shall, shall make, make you free. Jesus changes lives. He changes lives. You know, 
it's not how you start, it's how you finish, right? And uh, so many, uh, you know, we all know the stories. We all know the stories where many have, have started a certain way and haven't finished well. And we see the other side of that coin where many people have started wrong and yet the Lord intervenes and they end up finishing well. And so no matter where you're at, the encouragement is to get our hearts right before Jesus. And Josh and I did not talk before service. Um, I mean, we said hi and whatever, but we didn't connect on what the Lord had put on my heart for us this morning. And so um, I love when the Spirit does that because you know the Holy Spirit, God is one, right? And so whatever he's speaking to me, he's also speaking to him last night. And as I was praying last night, I felt the Lord lead me to a passage that I'll get to in just one second after we pray. But um, it's all directly tied to, to love and, and love for God. And so when he starts speaking this morning, I'm just sitting there in awe like, oh my goodness, I love you, Jesus, because you're so good. You're just so good how you do that. So he definitely has a word um, for this specific house. And um, let's, uh, if we would, just bow our hearts real quick before we go to the word and reverence. And, and Father, we love you and we thank you. God, I thank you for these testimonies of these men and all the men that could stand up here on the stage today um, and share that you we're the one who set them free. God, it wasn't a program. It wasn't um, anything they did on their own, anything that we've ever, uh, we couldn't boast in your presence. Father, we know that it's you, Jesus, who not only sustained us through that, but called us forth and now has filled us and empowered us to go and to make a difference in our generation. And so we worship you and we praise you for that. We thank you, Jesus, for every life that you touch through this ministry of Adult and Teen Challenge and the collaboration of the local church in this region. And so, Father, thank you that this church has a stake in what you are doing down the road. And God, we love you. We praise you today, right now, in this moment. We want to shift our hearts again to you and to your word that we may receive it uh, with joy and with gladness. For these next few minutes that we just unpack a few verses, I ask that your presence and your anointing would just rest on us as we've already sang. And um, Lord, we thank you. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning as uh, I was in prayer, um, I really, even last night and this morning, I really sensed the Lord take us to, um, to Psalm 18. And so if you have your Bibles, um, go to Psalm 18 and we'll start at verse 1. And uh, we're just going to hop around a few verses in this text. Uh, we'll end up uh, in the same chapter, just a few verses down the road. Um, but really the message is, is um, very clear. So give a little bit of context uh, for this passage of scripture, this is a psalm of David. Now, we know that David didn't write every psalm in the book of Psalms, um, but this one he did, uh, the servant of the Lord, right? And this is, uh, uh, this is the psalm, this is capturing the heart of, of King David exactly after the Lord delivered him uh, from the hand of all his enemies from the hand of Saul. Right, Saul had been chasing him and, uh, and, and really, uh, you know, trying to murder him, obviously trying to kill him. And the Lord allowed him, uh, just gave him an incredible heart uh, to navigate through that, but then gave him a song on the back end after he was delivered. And so it starts off in verse 1, okay, but this I want us to now... That was awesome what God did for Saul, but now if you would allow yourselves... How many of y'all know the word is living and active? Okay, so this word is here for you and for me today. Amen. So Psalm 18, verse 1 says, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. It's important. It, you'll, I don't read anything very fast in the word just in case you're trying to move forward. It, it, don't worry. Just, just let yourself go today, okay? I'll take you there. But um, it's important to know that this word for love only shows up twice in the, in, in, in the entire book of Psalms. This, this word, love, there's other forms of love. How many of y'all know the Hebrew is a lot more, uh, in, in the Greek languages, they have a lot more. We have one word, they had many. And uh, this word, love, is different uh, than many other forms of love that you'll encounter in the word. This word for love is actually a compassionate love. Very interesting. It's an emotional, compassionate feeling kind of love, like a mother over her child, that's love, right? 
That's love. That is the love that is describing here. So for many of us, we know 1 John 5, 3, right? To love God is to obey his commands. His commands are not burdensome. I learned that a long time ago. Still remember it. Um, we do know that there is a form of loving God that is directly tied to obedience. Okay? That is a very important aspect of God's love. And I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you guys that you can love God without obeying him. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that this love is different than just an obedient love. This love is an emotional, compassionate feeling kind of love. King David is saying in this moment, I love you, Lord. Does that make sense? That is the love that he's talking about here. And that is the love that we want to get to, right? I will love you, O Lord, my strength. When we look at this word, my strength, there's, there's uh, uh, other words that can be substituted in that. But the Lord in, the, in, in this passage is really trying to describe his anchoring and his sustaining, his power, his strength in our lives that delivers us over and over again and what that does to our hearts. He's saying, you're the source of my strength. My strength from everything we walk in. My strength from the plots against me. My, my strength from the, the, the desire to compromise at times. My strength from this threat that comes against me or my family. My, my strength from when the, the storms of life are, are raging, right? Like, God, you are, I love you, Lord, because you are my strength. He says in verse 2, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Man, my wife and I had the privilege of going in 2017 to the Holy Land. And um, Josh and Arlette get to go there next week. <laughs> wow, they're going to be there for a little bit. They're going to get blown away. You'll see as you're there. We actually will go through the Judean wilderness in these places where you'll see these little caves that are there. And this is the, the exact one of those caves. I don't know if it's still there today, but one of those caves in, in that part is where David was actually hid away from Saul. And you'll see these rocks, these massive rocks that become these fortresses. And so sometimes to be there and to see it really gives it life in context. But he's saying, God, you are that rock. You are that fortress that's impenetrable. You are that place where I hide myself from life and from the threats that come against me. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust. You want to know one of the greatest rewards of steadfastness? Are you ready for this? One of the greatest rewards of remaining steadfast in the hour of trial, in the hour of temptation, in the hour of persecution, if you will, when, when everything's raging against you, one of the greatest rewards of steadfast isn't what God does in the natural. It isn't that your flesh is preserved. It isn't that your finances are unscathed. It isn't that you get this great blessing. But you know what the greatest reward is? It's your trust. It's that you prove God to be real. You prove God to be true in every way. That's the greatest reward. Think about that house of God, and, and as we're moving through, I will love you, oh God, right? That is the cry of our heart, and, and yet every single one of us in this room right now could write out, if I asked you to, you could write out a handful of issues that you're walking through right now that are some deep trials. For some of you, it's death of a loved one. For some of you, it's a diagnosis. For some of you, it's, it's uncertainty about certain things. Maybe in your personal life, maybe in, 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 in your corporate world. Who knows? But there's so many things. And, and when you sit there and you begin to anchor yourself in the love of God, that right there is what you will prove to be the, the most formidable force. That There is nothing inside of us that we can go to, that we can just will to get us through a situation that's stronger than the love of God. There is nothing better than the love of God as an anchor. See, God created us for love. He birthed us 
in love. He's growing us up in love. He's sustaining us through life in love. He's shielding us from things that he could take us out in love. He's holding back things in his love. He's disciplining us when we do go astray in his love. He will rescue us in his love. And one day he will usher us into his presence in his love. And we will then, in that point, be perfected in his love. See, it begins with love. It's, it's all about love all the way through. And it ends in love. It's all about love. It's not about grinding it out. It's not about, you know, just hunkering down and, and weathering the storms and just taking the beatings and trying to will yourself onto the other side. It's about anchoring your heart in love. It's so funny. It's not funny, haha, but amazing how God does it. I love you, man. Love is the key to overcoming, guys. Love will cause you to go further, to fight harder, to climb higher. Love will cause you to keep pursuing when things in you want to give up. Love will cause you to fight off, right? Or to protect what's already been given or entrusted to you. Love will cause you to go to the greatest heights. It will cause you to walk through the lowest of valleys. Love will cause you to endure when we feel like giving up. Love will cause you to hold on when you feel like letting go. It's all about love. Love has to be the motivation for everything. So he goes on and he says... My God, my strength, in whom I will trust, right? The rewards, that reward of steadfastness, that trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation. Kind of an interesting word. It's the strength of my salvation. It's, all these words are kind of like interrelated. And then he says, my stronghold. My stronghold. Interesting, when, we, when I hear stronghold, raise your hand if you think of that in a negative term. Man, this guy's got a stronghold. Something we got to pray out, right? We got to pray away. We got to do some deliverance here. We got to get this stronghold gone. David is saying, God, you are my stronghold. I picture, I picture this hurricane just raging and this person just firmly fixed to this object that isn't going to move. And because of that, he doesn't either. Verse 3, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Praise is so intricately tied to salvation. Pastor Matt and everyone else can attest to that. I've been here when y'all worship as well. I know this house can worship. And there's something tied to that, isn't there not? When we profess our love for him in spite of what it looks like in the natural, man, God, we give God room to show up and do what only he can do. I want to share a quick story. In 2010, I had relapsed. Um, I was an intern at the Ministry of Teen Challenge. I had finished my student phase, and I would begin this internship, and about five months into it, I, um, I uh, had this moment where I had compromised and it wasn't a moment it was there was a lot of sequence stuff that led up to that I took my eyes off of Jesus and I I put them on nonsense things again and whatever and all this stuff and and I had gotten to a place where I'd actually relapsed and and I came back and I was I was shook from that moment in my heart I thought that was all well beyond me in the past and here it was again in my present and I remember um, just being so rocked in my heart you know, and all the questions begin to arise. Am I really the real deal? Do, am I really able to live without drugs and without this life? And is it, you know, or am I always going to be subject to relapse? And, and I was rocked, and as I should have. And really, all I did was prove the gospel to be right and, and God to be true. And, you know, you take your eyes off the prize and you start living out of your own self, and you'll end up in the ditch in a hurry. 
That's all there is to it. But, but in that moment, I was so rocked. And I remember I was sitting there, and one morning I was in my little intern bedroom, and I put on a little bit of Hillsong worship, and I got on my knees, and, um, and I just began to pray. And I, and I asked God the question, God, am I always going to struggle with addiction? Is that my lot in life? And instantly, guys, he took me up into a vision. I had a supernatural encounter with the Holy Spirit. In that moment, I found myself, and everything felt so real. I was standing in a desert. And in the desert, I looked around me. I could look around, and I could see sand. I was, it was like that scene in Star Wars, you know, where they're out in the sand in the wilderness. And it looked just like that. I don't know how else to describe it. But I'm looking around, and, and I can see these hills, and I could feel the sun, and I could hear, I feel the wind on me. It was so real, guys. And I was standing in this desert, and I was looking around, and all of a sudden, I began to hear noise. And I looked over, and the ground began to shake. And, I, and the ground is shaking around me. And all of a sudden, I look, and over the horizon begin to come these, these, these people. And they were running as fast as they could. And all of a sudden, as they got closer, I began to identify these were warriors. These were dudes that were like bad to the bone. Okay? It was like, maybe y'all shouldn't have seen it, but maybe you did. But maybe the movie 300? I don't know, I'm not endorsing the movie, I'm just saying, where these dudes are like ripped like me, you know, they're huge, and they're, but they were shirtless, and I won't give you the privilege of that today, but they were mean warriors, paint on their face, like, and they were, and, and yet I noticed they were, they were running in like a V formation, there was one person who was out front, and they were running at me as fast as they could, and it's almost like they couldn't see me, and the ground began to shake with a greater intensity, and the noise got louder, next thing you know, they're all screaming, and I'm standing there like, just standing there like a sitting duck, and I'm going, I'm going to get trampled or mauled or killed by these guys, and they got so close to me that they stopped right in front of me just as I braced for impact. They stopped, and you could see them breathing, and they one looked to the right and to the left, and they all stood in formation behind him. I could tell he was the one calling the shots, and in that moment, the Lord spoke to my heart. Because you need to hear this. And he said, those are my warriors waiting for my direction. Call upon me. I can tell you in that moment, I was supernaturally set free from drugs and alcohol. From the grip of it. I've never from that moment gone back. I want to share this, that the Lord... He showed me that it was a pretty dramatic vision, and I share it with all the emotion with you because you have to understand the intensity of it. But there's this God who hears in heaven. He says it in verse 6, In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God, God, will I always struggle with this was my question. And he says, and cried out to my God, He heard my voice. This is God speaking. He heard my voice. From his temple, and my cry came before him even to his ears. There's something about your cry that he hears. And it goes on with this incredible, very demonstrative few verses of smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth and coals were kindled it and he bowed the heavens also and came down with darkness under his feet. He rode up on a cherub and flew. He flew on the wings of the wind. He made darkness a secret place. His canopy around him was dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. From the brightness before him, his thick clouds passed with hailstones and coals of fire. I mean, if you could imagine this, like this is an incredible, crazy scene. Verse 13, the Lord thundered from heaven and the Most High uttered his voice. This is the power, the real God of power and might, y'all. Do we know him as that? Then the channels of the sea were seen. The foundations of the world were uncovered. At your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils. This is God. I love Jesus, but this is God. You hear what I'm saying? Don't get into any theological weirdness. I'm just saying, this is God. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters, those waters that were going to drown me, that were going to cover me up. 
He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. Addiction is too strong for us. The lies of your past are too strong for you. There's so much that's too strong. And yet, when we call out to God, you have to believe that he hears us. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. And I end with this verse. You ready? Here it is. Verse 19. He also brought me out. He didn't just deliver me out. He brought me into a a broad place, it says. And kind of the recap of this moment is he delivered me because he delighted in me. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Do you understand the delight of the Lord your God over you, church? Do we get it? It's so powerful. I'm going to pray. As I do, I'm going to ask that our, our guys make their way up here. Um, if you would close your eyes, that way you don't have to watch them and be distracted by their movement. We need to bring this plane down to a landing. I appreciate you guys so much and the opportunity to be here with you today. Please uh, visit our table on the way out and shake a hand if you have a, a few extra minutes. But um, Church, I want to pray for us today. There, there are some real things going on in our lives, and I'm telling you, there's a temptation to lean on the flesh to get us through. There's a temptation to lean on our past to get us through. Maybe to lean on counsel from other people to get us through. Maybe our own devices. Maybe things. Who knows? There's a whole lot there. But I just want to tell you that God is standing in a place of delight over you. You need to hear that. He's delighting over you. Not so much because of all you did or didn't do, but because of who you are. Because... He began this thing in love, and there's nothing that you have done today that has made his love diminish over your life. And today, he's standing willing. He's saying, I want to deliver you. I want your love to be in in me, to to grow and to go deeper and to call upon me. So I'm just going to pray this over us today, that if anybody in this room today is in that valley, is in that place, that somehow today the Spirit of God would have reminded you today to, to call upon his name, that he will deliver you because he delights in you. So Father, let's pray. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for this body. I thank you for this moment in time where we get to share uh, with this incredible family, this group of men and women, families that make up Pathway, Lord. And God, just that reminder from your word to all of us, Lord, that it's your love. It's all about your love. And Father, if there's anyone in this room who right now is standing on a cliff looking down and the things haunting them seem like death and the cliff down seems like death. And yet, Lord, there's, there's a deliverance about ready to happen over them. I pray that you would cause us to cry out in faith to you, Father God, and that you would come swiftly and deliver us in, in such a way. So, Jesus, I thank you for your love. I, I, God, I ask that our love would grow, and, Lord, that the rewards of steadfastness would be that trust in you to continue to take us deeper into greater treasures of your kingdom. So, Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. As we wrap up this morning, Lord, I just pray a blessing over everyone here. In Jesus' name, amen. Afterwards, just stay up there, okay? Don't go anywhere. Uh, I believe Pastor Josh is going to come up and close us out. So uh, as he comes up, y'all just stay right there and smile real pretty like you do. Amen. And we'll close us out. Amen. Every time I try to make it on my own. Every time I try to stand and start to fall And all those lonely roads that I have traveled on There was Jesus When the life I built came crashing to the ground When the friends I had were nowhere to be found I couldn't see it then, but I could see it now. There was Jesus. In the world.
For this man who needs amazing kind of grace For forgiveness at a price I couldn't pay I'm not perfect, so I thank God every day There is Jesus In the fire and the 